It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Alex Kruk was last seen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. His family lost contact with him sometime around August 6, 2020. Some reports have placed him walking south, carrying grocery bags, on Van Buren Street by the Metro Market in Milwaukee. The last time he logged into Facebook was July 2020. He was 33 when he went missing. Alex has a history of substance use, and his mental health may have been poor when he went missing. Alex is a Caucasian male with black hair and brown eyes. He's about 6 feet tall and 175 pounds. He goes by Alex and Al. He has a small scar on his abdomen from surgery. He usually has facial hair, and he loves sports, particularly baseball. If you have any information on Alex's whereabouts, please get in touch with the Milwaukee Police at 414-935-7401. If you want to know more about Alex's story, please visit the Bring Alex Kruk Home Facebook page. I recently spoke to his sister Claire, who told me more about Alex and the murky details surrounding his disappearance. Before we get into like the actual disappearance and the, inf- the like the information that the public needs to know, a lot of times I don't get to meet these people, obviously, and I, I think that helps the public understand a little bit more about them when, you know, people like you, loved ones, can speak a little bit about them. So I'm wondering, can you tell me about your brother? Like, what's his personality like? What's he interested in? His hobbies? Those sorts of things? Yeah, so um, he was majorly into sports. I mean, um, he was very athletic. You know, we spent years growing up. Um, he would play football. He was a quarterback, baseball. He was a pitcher. Um, growing up, we traveled the country. He was a highly scouted baseball player. He could pitch about 90-plus miles per hour fastball. So they were. he was looking at being scouted. He played at Cooperstown, New York. For the perfect game, he was on their baseball team. So we travel around the country, and 
he was pretty scouted. He loves um, the Carolina Tar Heels, the Green Bay Packers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Brewers. So he was very into sports, very athletic, liked to go for runs, liked to go work out, um, liked to hang with friends and family. Um, but sports was a huge part of his life. And then working out, he liked to stay in shape. And so um, he was kind of goofy. And so I saw the stuff on his Facebook things that he puts, I mean, even I've talked to some of his friends, you know, it's, he liked to joke around a lot. So, um, and he did, I would almost say like, he would say a lot of things that weren't necessarily, didn't have any basis behind them. Do you know what I mean? Like he would say, oh, I'm going to go do this, but you know what I mean? Just kind of talking crap. So, and I know that because I grew up with him. So, but he very athletic, very into sports. And then his, friends and family that was pretty much you know majority of his life yeah you said uh sorry you're his younger sister or older sister um i'm his younger sister so i'm four years younger than him so growing up i mean it sounds like you two grew up in the milwaukee area you know what was that like and and what was the dynamic between you two i mean i have two sisters so i can only imagine that it's uh you know there's a lot there yeah, so he was a pretty protective older brother. Um, like I said, he's a very he was a very socially connected person, which is why him being gone and no one hearing from him is very unusual because um, that would not be typical. Um, when I say like he was in daily contact with our family, I mean he was in daily contact with our family. I mean even some days every like ten fifteen minutes. You know what I mean. So for him to just be gone as long as it makes sense. Growing up, um, like I said, we would go on vacations a lot. We did a lot of road trips as kids. My parents had a green van, and we would put, like, a big, like, tube TV in the back, and the boys would hook up their Xbox or PlayStation. or Maybe they didn't have an Xbox then. I don't remember, but, you know, a gaming system, and they they would be playing their gaming system, and we go to the Smoky Mountains. We went to um, Colorado. We went to Niagara Falls. We've gone all over the country, Florida, um, all over the place. And he was very into sports. And then in high school, he just kind of got wrapped up into that crowd. And that's when he got into drugs. And, and his life kind of, you know, took a downward turn from there. But the brother I grew up with, the brother that I know, I mean, that was, you know, once you get into that um, addiction lifestyle and you sort of get wrapped up to, into that, um, that really just, changes the trajectory of your life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what you know your brother did, like the days leading up to him going missing? Like before we get into who he may or may not have been planning to meet, like what was his activity? Were you in touch with him? Like what was the last time you spoke to him? The last time I spoke to him, I don't even know if I know offhand because, so to be honest, so, I moved back to Wisconsin in 2000. So, okay, let's make this simple. Most of my family has migrated out of state now to another state. My parents got divorced in 2009. So I was out of state. I moved back to Wisconsin in 2018. The last time I actually spoke to him, I don't know an exact date, but he was just telling me how he um, wanted to like see me and and be around uh, my family and kind of reconnect with us. And at that time, I was living out of state, so it was a little difficult because, you know, due to financial constraints and stuff, you know, and I was like, what? I don't know. So I moved out of state when I was 24, 25. I was very young and, and pregnant and whatnot. And um, 
dealing with my own issues. So I didn't have the resources then to be able to travel and like help him the way that I could now. Um, if that makes sense. So, um, because I was very young now I'm, you know, I'm 32. So, you know, we're talking years later, it's a completely different story, but I don't remember an exact date. I do know that my dad and my grandma spoke to him right when he disappeared. Um, and my dad spoke to him on, I believe it was August 5th, 2020. And then there was a phone call from his phone to my grandma's on August 6th, 2020. My grandma does have dementia, and so she doesn't remember, you know what I mean? So I don't know if he really called her or not, if that was him calling. It probably was, but it might not be. <laughs> the things that I read about uh, leading up to your brother's disappearance was that he, it seemed to be that he was maybe in touch with either a woman or someone down south in Texas or Mexico, like, and that maybe he was planning on meeting up with them. Like, can you tell me about that? Is that true? Um, is it maybe, you know, does it hold the key to your brother's disappearance? What do you think? We have found no woman out of state or country that had contact with him. Um, I'm actually in his Facebook now and there's no, nobody he was conversing with out of state. So I'm going to say that, <clears throat> That might be sort of some weird telephone game. Like he said something about somebody and somebody misheard it, but uh, I don't find that to be true. I do know that he was with a Hispanic woman in Milwaukee. And I do know that he was with this woman because my dad saw her and she is Hispanic. She does not speak much English and nobody knows her name, but from what we can assume that the name is possibly Dolores Torres or Dolores Aguilera. She has long, dark hair, um, lighter skinned, Hispanic. Um, the police did find someone with the name of Dolores Torres or Aguilera, and they went to speak to her, and she claims she does not know who he is. I have never seen a picture of this woman, so I don't know if she even fits her description or not because I don't know what she looks like. She's not online or anything, so... I don't know if it is her and she's just not being truthful or if it just really isn't her. There's also the possibility that whoever this woman is uh, that was going under a different name because my mom's mom is Dolores. So I kind of wonder if Dolores, the first name was um, kind of like an alias, you know, like they use my grandma's name. <laughs> I do kind of wonder that because she, my mom's mom, my grandma is Dolores. So I will say um, that, that he was last seen, um, getting into a white Nissan. It had front-end damage, and it was maybe with this woman, maybe not. I don't know. That story's kind of sketchy, so I can't, I shouldn't say. That story isn't uh, very um, straightforward, so... Yeah. So no, no, no. Sorry. I, I, uh, I try not to cut off my guests. So I was trying to, I was actually going to ask that question. Like, where was your brother last seen? So he was last seen getting into, uh, a car. Do you know, like, do you, after all this digging that you've done, I know that you said you don't want to share everything because there is a bit of an investigation and things happening, but do you know, like what was happening in the days leading up to your brother's disappearance? Like, did he seem okay? Was he, you know, I think I read somewhere that maybe he was having some mental health issues. Like was his state of mind. All right. Like, do you know kind of maybe where his head was at the day that he went missing? Well, let me backtrack a little bit. So the story is a little bit confusing. So August 1st, 2020, my dad saw him. He saw him at a McDonald's on Moreland Road in Brookfield. I verified that through Google maps and everything through my dad's phone. So I know that he was there. And it fits the whole, he was there at the McDonald's on Brookfield, uh, Moreland Road. And then after that, 
nobody saw him, but I know my dad did talk to him on August 5th, 2020. Um, the people that he was staying with, and it's hard to track that down because he was kind of bouncing around. After November or December 2019, he started kind of bouncing around different houses and whatnot, staying with different people. But as far as I can gather, it seems as though he was staying at 22nd and Lloyd on the north side. Um, and that, and I can't get a direct date from those people, so I don't know if they don't remember or I don't know what the story is there. But he was there. And the people that last seen him, and pretty sure it's them because nobody else has ever <laughs> came about, um, they said... Uh, They've talked to all the family. One family member said that he's up and left and walked off. One family member said that he, um, what was the other thing they said? That they checked his room and all his stuff was gone. The other one was that he just walked off with the Greyhound ticket. I asked them if they seen a Greyhound ticket. They said he showed it to us. I said, well, did you put eyes on it? I, I don't get a direct answer for that. And then the other, and that was where the story came from. Oh, he was going to go meet some out of state. But then there's this Hispanic woman, too, who was somehow involved. But and then the other story was, yeah, he walked off. And then the other story was I got in a car. So, honestly, I really don't know. I can't get a straight story there. So I don't truly know what exactly entailed when he disappeared, if he actually did ever leave Milwaukee or if that's part of something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, do you think, um, based on what you do know, like that he left on his own, or you know, was there is there foul play involved? Like you kind of alluded off the top there when we were chatting and testing levels that, um, you know, maybe people know more than they're they're chatting about. So, like, what do you think? Did he leave on his own, or did, did some was someone involved? There's no trace of him ever leaving Milwaukee, so I'm gonna go with the fact that he never left Milwaukee, and somebody does know more than what they're saying. I don't know who. <laughs> I have some ideas, but I don't know who, and I'm not going to say directly because I have, there's a lot of very weird people connected to this. <laughs> there's a lot of weird uh, situations connected to this that uh, I, I'm going to say that he either, there was an accident and they disposed of his body or there's foul play involved and they disposed of his body. That's what I'm going to go with at this point because there's no train, plane, bus ticket, no sightings out of state. We've never even had anybody be like, oh, yeah, I saw him at this gas station in Illinois, right? Because if you were in a car, you're going to leave Milwaukee, you're going to drive through Illinois to, I don't know, Indiana or Iowa or wherever, right? Somebody would have seen him. We've never had any sightings out of state anywhere ever besides Milwaukee. No one has ever seen him, so... From what we know, I'm going to say I don't believe that he ever left Milwaukee. There's no trace of it. Is it possible? It is possible, but from somebody to go from talking to their family every day to just silence, I something happened to that person. That's my opinion. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah, it's, it sounds like that's very plausible. Uh, for those uh, who are listening to this and want to keep a lookout for your brother, especially if they're in the Milwaukee area, can you describe what your brother's physical appearance is and, and what they should look out for? Um, he's six foot tall. He's 175 pounds. He has black hair, brown eyes. When his hair is grown out, it's pretty curly. Um, but when it's kind of shorter, it wouldn't look curly. He has in the past, he have more of a shaved head, but that was pretty rare. He usually had it like kind of like a crew cut almost short. Um, he always, he usually had a beard. The last picture we have of him, he has a beard. We have that on one of the flyers. Um, what else can I say? Then um, I will say, oh, yes, talking about the mental health, too. So he, from what we have been told um, and things that I have seen in emails and such to my family, stuff like that, um, is that he was, he seemed to be pretty paranoid. He thought people were after him. He was, like, talking behind cars and stuff. Um like he thought somebody was after him years ago. He did say that he thought that Hispanics put something in his body. He did have a delusion that he seemed to believe he was adopted. Um, he did tell his ex that, and he did tell several people in Milwaukee that he was adopted. And, um, but he's never said that to us, but I will say that I, once I got into his Facebook and I looked at where his Facebook showed up at, um, I did go to those places and one of them was an adoption agency. So I do believe that he went there trying to find out if he was adopted. So I do believe that he truly believed that delusion, but I'll tell you that my mother gave birth to him and he was absolutely not adopted. You know, people, uh, there's family resemblance there. Um, but he, for whatever reason, truly believed that. So we just feel that, um, whether he's alive, which I don't believe, if he's alive, he's in some sort of danger because he got swept up into something bad. And if he's not alive, obviously, well, he's just out there and that was still danger. So, um, you know, the other thing is, uh, we found some, we found some pretty sketchy people that were, uh, connected to his Facebook. We found that a couple of years ago and we went down that whole rabbit hole. And so that's very concerning. So, um, it was a bait profile that was connected to his Facebook. So then when I got into his Facebook, essentially there was a status saying that this um, person had it out for him, that he was going to get what was coming to him. And then the same day that that was sent to him, um, that bait profile messaged him. So I don't think that's any coincidence. And then that person who said that he was going to get what's coming to him, their Facebook had nothing on it from the day Alex disappeared until January 2021. There's absolutely nothing on it. Um, I know that the police recently went talk to that person and they gave a whole different story than what they said. So I'm not sure what the police will do with that, but that status regarding um, Alex was posted about seven months before he disappeared. So whether it's connected or not, I don't know. It could all be coincidence and it could be something else. I mean, he could just fell in the river somewhere. We really don't know. And that's why I don't really want to be throwing people's names out because I still am kind of there's still quite a few possibilities here and I'm not uh, going to be accusing people because I don't know for a fact. 
and I'm still working on getting more evidence. I actually, it's almost like every day I find out more information. Uh, I was looking into this car that he was last seen in, and I was in uh, the Facebook, and I found him messaging somebody about buying that vehicle. So I, I believe that he may have bought that vehicle from that person and put it in the woman's name, that Hispanic woman, and that she was driving it. And um, But I'm waiting to hear back from them. They haven't answered me. So every day I'm finding out good things. I actually just got into more of his uh, Google accounts. So still, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a cold case. I mean, there is still information slowly coming through over time. It's been a really slow process. We've had to do a ton of digging. digging. We have this uh, wonderful person in New Jersey that works in forensics, and she runs the underground um, underrepresented mysteries, and she's amazing. And we would not be anywhere without her because she has helped us look for Alex for years. Um, out of the kindness of her heart, she doesn't do it for any financial gain. And she's very, very good at locating people. She's located people in Mexico, all over the United States. She's identified unidentified remains. And so I really owe it to her for all the help she's given us because we would be nowhere without her. Um, the Milwaukee police do follow up on anything we find. I'm not sure. It doesn't really appear that, to us at least, it doesn't really appear that they're doing too much of their own investigating, but maybe they are and they don't tell us. It's hard to say because they don't they, they pretty much keep us in the dark. They really only contact us if there's a major update. If there hasn't been any major updates, um, we haven't heard. We do know that they're currently running his DNA again through CODIS, and that should be done in a couple of weeks to see if there's any unidentified remains anywhere that will match his DNA. So um, there are things being done. There are still information coming in. I have not gotten any direct tips. Neither have the, according to the police, they haven't either. They've never gotten one tip on his case. So I do believe that there is someone out there that knows exactly what happened to Alex or where he's at, and they're just not talking. They're very good at keeping their mouths shut, that's for sure. I have some ideas, but uh, like I said, I have a couple different scenarios, and until I have a, a more of a certainty, I'm not going to be throwing people's names out there and ideas out there. I can only tell people what are facts. Um, so I, cause I'm not quite sure, you know, cause my mom and I had one idea for a long time and now that appears not to be the case. So it's really, uh, it, it's insane when someone disappears, it's really hard to tell what, you know, what's going on, but the mental health was a big concern that obviously, you know, he could be out there, um, in the United States somewhere, not knowing who he is or, or homeless or, um, confused because if he was that delusional that, uh, there were letters left when he uh, disappeared, but we don't know if he wrote them or not. And on the letters, he was talking about um, Fidel Castro being his uh, father and Vladimir Putin being his grandfather, all kinds of crazy delusions. I'm going to say he probably wrote them, but you know, when you look at them, it seems like two different handwritings. So I almost wonder if he was writing letters and then someone finished them or if they were for, if someone forced him to write them, the people who received the letters, which was a, a relative, but I'm not going to name these people out of respect for their privacy. But, um, you know, um, essentially they thought that it seemed like the letters were forced. It did not seem like him at all. It seemed very delusional, very concerning. So I did go and print his handwriting out from the courthouse to compare, and it's not the same handwriting, but he was not in his right state of mind. So who knows if he... You know, I'd have to almost have it analyzed to see. <laughs> but I guess it's possible he wrote them. But it's also possible that 
it could go another way that somebody else wrote down. I just think that that would be a lot of effort for someone to put in to write eight pages of letters. <laughs> and it would also be a lot of effort for somebody to um, do that and then make the fake phone call to my grandma and to uh, text my grandma. And so none of it made sense. It seemed like Alex did have intention to leave Milwaukee. Whether he ever did is what we truly don't know. Um, I will say that he does not have the financial resources to stay hidden. You know, if you're going to disappear, you have to have money. And if you're, uh, he's not really someone who would live on the streets. He never really did. He might've stayed in shelters here or there, but he's not somebody who would just like literally live on the streets unless he absolutely doesn't know who he is. I think that the fact he was in contact with his family and friends all of the time, I don't see it being feasible that he's alive and just hasn't reached out unless he's very that far gone. But I think that that is a very slim chance. I do think something bad happened to Alex. I'm not exactly sure what I have had. Um, sorry to go on a little tangent here. I have had a few uh, psychics that I've talked to and every one of them says the same thing that he got into like a, a fist fight or a scuffle out on the roadway, like on a road and then they, they accidentally hit him with a car or something like that. And there's always this car thing involved. I've had like five of them tell me this, and then they threw him off in the woods. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I've had five pretty um, legitimate mediums tell me the same thing. So there could be some truth to that. They said he put, they put him in the woods somewhere in Wisconsin. Um, I don't know where. But he said that. He, he told one, he said, I'm nearby. But, you know, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really believe he's in Milwaukee County because... You know, especially Wisconsin, we have a lot of people that are walking through the woods. They snowshoe through the woods in the winter. I would think that somebody would have came upon him. So I don't know if he is deceased, let's say. I don't know if someone buried him, if they put him in the water, um, if they burned him. I don't really know. But at this point, with everything I found, there is no evidence of him being alive. I guess I would say that there's no evidence of him being deceased, but I think more evidence points to him being deceased, especially the fact that he has not gone to a doctor since 2020, not even a hospital anywhere, because we had his chart connected, and if he had a visit somewhere, it would pop up, and there's literally nothing. And uh, so we've searched all over the United States. We've circulated him. There's no sightings, no nothing. So I'm, I'm still going to go with I do not think he's alive. Um, obviously, if he's happy, alive out there, and just doesn't want to talk to us, that'd be great. <laughs> We would love that more, you know what I mean? But I just don't think that's the case. So, How can the uh, the public help you uh, either get information or, or find out what, what happened to Alex? What, what, what could you use from them? Um, I think anybody, especially in the Milwaukee or even Chicago area, if they saw him in the summer of 2020, if they worked with him, if they saw him at a friend's house, if they have absolutely any information, anything would be helpful. Anything. You can always give an anonymous tip to us, to the police. You can write a letter. You can, you can do an anonymous phone call. The police do take anonymous phone calls. Um, if you see him anywhere, if you know where he is, you know, all we want is to either find out what happened to him. And if he's deceased, we would like to find his remains. And if he's alive, we would like to locate him. Um, so they could just share his flyer, share his videos. Um, especially people in the Milwaukee area, I really feel that there is someone in Milwaukee, maybe more than one person that knows what happened to him. And I hope one day they could find it in their hearts to um, give that information to us or the police, even if it's anonymously. You don't have to give your name. 
I don't know why um, people are so against that. Now, if it's just Alex is hiding out there, the reason I find that hard to believe is because if he was just voluntarily hiding, I think he definitely would have found a way to reach out years ago because I don't think that he would want his information all over the internet like this. And he would have definitely shut that down. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's possible. I think he would have found a way to make contact and let us know either he's okay or doesn't talk to us or whatever. So, um, but again, you have to have money to disappear. You can't just stay hidden forever. And I don't know who, you know, unless he had his life together, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't see that possible. But yeah, if the public could just share his flyers, share his videos, any information if they worked with him in 2020, if they saw him with anybody, if they have any information at all, you know, anything, every clue is relevant. So I would just ask them to come, come forward with that information because we, this has really been rough on us and we've really hit, hit the pavement pretty hard. And um, I really think that there's someone out there that knows more than what they're saying. And I think, I hope that they find it in their heart to come forward and uh, let somebody know that information. If you have any information on Alex's whereabouts, please get in touch with the Milwaukee Police at 414-935-7401. If you want to know more about Alex's story, you can visit the Bring Alex Cruck Home Facebook page. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show appreciation, you can buy me a coffee at the link in the description. If you want to support the podcast on a monthly basis, you can head to the Patreon. For $5 a month, you get ad and sponsor free episodes, exclusive content, and early access to all new episodes of the podcast. If you don't want to spend any money, but you want to support the podcast, you can leave me a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I primarily post to Facebook, so if you want regular updates, I'd recommend going there. Thanks for listening to the Missing and Unexplained Podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.